This message is presented to you by Pastor James Moore and New Life Community Church in Kansas City, Missouri. For more information or to donate, please visit newlifekc.com. How many of you have seen the latest Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun Maverick? It was good, wasn't it? One of the few sequels that outdid the original, in my opinion. My son and I went to see it right after it came out, right it was released. And then I saw it again with my wife and some friends. As you know, you may know, it not only is now the highest grossing movie of 2022, it is actually Paramount Pictures' highest grossing U.S. film ever of all time. By the way, do you know what movie it beat out for that record? That's right, Titanic, a movie that held the record for 25 years. How many of you have seen that? Okay. Starred Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, won 11 Academy Awards, had ticket sales of more than a half a billion, with a B, dollars. Now, these two movies were very similar in that both were Paramount Productions. They both were huge successes at the box office. But there were also some notable differences between the two movies. For example, Top Gun was based on an article written by Ehud Yone after he interviewed an F-14 pilot, while Titanic was based on the true story of a great tragedy. I assume most of you know that the uh, Titanic was an incredible ship that was built over 100 years ago. It was, in fact, the largest moving object ever created by man. Four city blocks long and as high as an 11-story building, hailed as the wonder ship and the jewel of the White Star Line, no one ever seriously considered it might sink. Science has conquered nature, proclaimed her builder. After all, it was the crowning achievement of marine architecture and engineering. 15,600 workers had labored for two years to build this castle of massive steel walls. However, at 10.40 p.m., on the cloudless night of April 14, 1912, during her maiden voyage, the 46,328-ton vessel struck an iceberg and sank in two hours and 44 minutes. Her 159 steam furnaces, using 650 tons of coal per day, producing 46,000 horsepower, were powerless to save her. And the Titanic's luxury, well known, 10 decks of dining rooms and staterooms were furnished in various periods and styles to suit any gentleman, any lady, whatever their station in life. Although designed to carry up to 3,547 passengers, only 2,358 were aboard that night. 350 first-class passengers who had paid the enormous sum of $4,700. You say, that's not so much. Well, that's the equivalent today of 80 grand. 
305 second-class passengers. There was 800 steerage passengers who had paid $35 for their ticket. And serving them was a crew of 903. And among those on board were some of the who's who of society. I mean, 11 millionaires, and in that, those days, millionaires were rare. The wealthiest passenger was John Jacob Astor, the hotel builder, you know, the Waldorf Astoria. Also aboard were Mr. and Mrs. Strauss, the owners of Macy's Department Store, Playboy industrialist Benjamin Guggenheim and his mistress, and various leaders of banking and railroading and industry, and the vessel's captain, Commodore E.J. Smith. He had jested and he said, even God could not sink this ship. And the chairman of the White Star Lines, he said, I cannot imagine any condition that would cause this ship to flounder. I cannot imagine any disaster happening to this vessel. Modern shipbuilding has come beyond that. And yet, despite her luxury and ingenious safety devices, the Titanic did, in fact, sink. The Academy Award-winning film, I believe, did a masterful job of detailing the final tragic hours of the vessel and the deaths of those 1,513 victims who slipped under the 28-degree water. The sad fact is, it takes longer to watch the film than it did for the Titanic to sink after it hit the iceberg. Did you know that five iceberg warnings had been telegraphed to the ship from other ships in the vicinity before it happened? A sixth message came in from the steamer Masaba, and the message said, large ice field ahead. But the wireless operator on the Titanic was busy sending personal messages for the passengers, and he radioed back, will you please shut up? I'm busy talking to Cape Race. I wonder how many people on this earth have yelled shut up to the only message that can save them from tragedy far worse than an iceberg. For you see, sooner or later, what happened to that ship is going to happen to everything we see. Our world is a sinking ship. Only unlike the passengers on the Titanic, as Christians, we know what the future holds. The Titanic, sadly, sealed her own fate because she refused to pay attention to all the warnings that were given to her. See, the idea of danger was unthinkable because the passengers had been told that the ship was unsinkable. They had been deceived into believing they were completely safe because every possible safety measure had been taken. It reminds me of the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, which says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly and they will not escape. See, within a few seconds, just a few seconds of hitting that iceberg, cold ocean water was rushing into the fatally wounded vessel at an estimated rate of 7,000 gallons per minute. 
And meanwhile, on the upper decks, men and women of wealth and privilege, they amused themselves by playing with chunks of ice that had broken off the iceberg. On board the dying ship were self-made men who played, who had, who had actually placed their confidence in their own capabilities, their own talent. They were self, they were the kings of the world. In fact, some passengers made snowballs of the very ice that had pierced the side of the ship that they believed was invincible. As it says in Isaiah 2, 17, the arrogance of man will be brought low and human pride humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Well, when it was finally determined that the Titanic was doomed, the command came to the wireless operator, send out a distress call. And you may find it interesting to note that it was just four years before that when the world had agreed to use Morse code. They'd agreed that SOS would be the universal signal to seek assistance and rescue. And ironically, SOS, that abbreviation, is an abbreviation for save our ship. And that night on the Titanic, Harold Bride became the very first man in history to transmit that SOS distress signal. If only he had sent those three letters one hour earlier, other ships would have been able to reach the Titanic in time to save literally everyone on board. There were ships only five miles away, but by the time the SOS was sent, the telegraphers had gone to bed. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. The good news is only good when it gets there in time. SOS, simple message, but it has the power to summon help, has the power to save lives. And calling on the name of the Lord may appear overly simple to some, but never forget it has the power of eternal life. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. Well, that fateful night, 1,513 people died, but most of them didn't have to. Did you know that the lifeboats were less than half filled? After the ship sank, the ocean grew quiet except for the cries of those in the water, crying out for rescue. Most of the people, see, were wearing life vests and didn't drown. They died of hypothermia in the freezing water. Of the 20 lifeboats, only one, only one returned to rescue others. So many more people could have been saved if only those who had already been saved had tried to save others. Can you visualize a lifeboat on that dark night moving near to a person struggling in the water and reaching down and taking him on board? And then can you imagine that person in the water 
refusing their offer, saying, I don't need your lifeboat. I can save myself. Or can you imagine a man saying, well, not right now. Maybe I'll get saved at a later time. Well, here's the newsflash. The ship we're sailing on is sinking. Only those within the lifeboat of the church will survive. So shall we enjoy the cozy fellowship of our lifeboat while all around us people are perishing? You, you see, the tragedy is not that people are perishing all around us. The tragedy is they don't have to. At the presentation of the awards for the movie Titanic that they had in 1998, the director, James Cameron, he accepted the Oscar for Best Picture, and he would also had won two other Oscars for Best Director and Best Editor. Anyway, after his thank you, here's what he said. He said, we need to remember that this is a film about real people, real people who died. I would like for you to join me in a moment of silence in their memory. The sound you hear, you will hear is the beating of your heart. It is the most precious thing you have. Today is all we have. And then after about four seconds of silence, he screamed out words from the film. I am the king of the world. And then holding his Oscar high above his head in a salute of triumph, he yelled, let's party till dawn. Now I want you to hear me, this church, this morning. When I say that Titanic is more than a tragedy on a film, and it's more than a tragedy of Hollywood, it is the tragedy of our age. It's as if Americans are frantically engaged in fighting for a first-class cabin space on the Titanic. The world is a sinking ship. But we Christians, we know that James Cameron was wrong. There is more than today. Amen? And because of Jesus, there's hope. And we who know this, we have to tell everybody. We have to tell them. We must warn them so they'll have the opportunity to be saved. On that fateful night, 1912, the great ship sinking, Captain Smith finally released the crew to save themselves. He told them, you've done your duty. You can do no more. So here's a question for us. When we meet our heavenly captain face to face, will he say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You have done your duty. There's no more than you could have done than you, what you did. Is that what we're going to hear? It was four years after the Titanic sank when a young Scottish man wandered into a small New England church. And he stood to his feet and he declared, I am a survivor of the Titanic. 
I was adrift, clinging to some lumber in the dark water on that awful night, and a man on a piece of wreckage drifted close to me, and he yelled, Man, are you saved? I replied, No, I am not. Then he yelled again. He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And then the waves carried him away. And there in the dark, it's just a guy talking still in the church. He's standing, he says, and there in the dark, with two miles of water beneath me, I believed. And then later, the same man drifted near again. And he asked, are you saved yet? And I replied, I can say honestly that I am. And with that, he told me his name and sank out of sight. I stand here tonight to tell you that I was the last convert of John Harper. Well, you might ask, who in the world was John Harper? Well, Harper was a young pastor in Scotland who had been invited to Moody Church in Chicago to lead a series of meetings. So he's on the ship making the passage. Obviously wasn't able to keep his speaking commitments, but he was faithful to the end. He spent the last minutes of his life, as he had spent his whole life, witnessing and serving Christ. Are you saved yet? Well, the first ship to finally arrive on location on that dark, fateful night in 1912 was the Carpathia. And the Carpathia, at 4 a.m., began taking on board lifeboat passengers. Arthur Puchin, he was the first passenger to send a wireless message, and it was just one single word to his family, and it said, safe. You know, after this world has sunk into eternal darkness, only those in Christ will be able to speak that message. Well, news of the ship's tragedy trickled in via the wireless to the offices of J.P. Morgan's Mercantile Marine Company. They were the owners of the Titanic. And people thronged the offices at 9 Broadway Street in New York City. They were hoping for news of loved ones. You know, there wasn't any... CNN or Fox News or ABC or anything like that. So they had to come there to find out what was going on. And two large boards were erected outside the main entrance. And every now and then, someone would appear from the office carrying strips of cardboard. And each of the cardboard strips had a name of a passenger on it. And the crowds would hold their breath to see on which board he would nail the names. And above one board, was printed in large letters, saved. And above the other one was printed, lost. Oh, there were various classes of passenger on board the Titanic that night. But you know what? In the final accounting, only two. No one was concerned with station in life or social position when the names were posted. And I'll tell you what, when this world is passed, 
affluence and prominence won't matter at all. The only notation that's going to matter is saved or lost. Do you care? Do you hear what I'm saying and do you care? We cry as we sit in theaters and watch movies like Titanic. But do we care about those who are perishing today? Do you care? There was a young guy who applied for a job as an usher in a movie theater. And during the interview, the manager of the theater asked him, he said, what would you do if a, in case a fire breaks out? And the young man answered quickly, oh, you don't have to worry about me. I'd get out okay. <laughs> and that's the problem with too many believers. I'm going to heaven, they proclaim. But they forget about others. Do you care? Let's bow for prayer. And before we pray, let me ask you a question. Has the Holy Spirit convicted you this morning? And you know that you've not been faithful to witness for Jesus Christ. If that's true for you, will you lift your hand so I can see it? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. I want to ask one more question. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you realized that you are one of those who's perishing and you want to be saved? If so, your lifeboat is here. Jesus has sent his body, the church, to rescue you. So if you want to no longer be lost, will you say by an upraised hand, just, Pastor, I want to be saved. Just, just lift your hand up and then down. That's you. Thank you. Well, everybody, everybody please stand with me. All of you, please stand. And if you responded that you have been convicted about witnessing or you want to be saved, I invite you, place your hand over your heart. Repeat this prayer after me. Will you do it? Please, please. and make this prayer your own. Jesus, I accept your offer of salvation. I invite you now to come into my heart and be the captain of my ship the king of my world, the Lord and ruler of my life. I pray you will give me a new heart of love for those who don't yet know you. Please grant me boldness to share the truth with them. And may they too be saved. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit newlifekc.com.